This is a Sporting Discussion, your podcast that discusses sports of all sorts. I am AJ Mithen and I am joined by a very good friend of the show and former stand-in host, Simon Carroll. And Simon, how are you? Very good, AJ. I'm just hoping the computer doesn't uh, catch on fire. <laughs> um, now, you filled in once before for me, I think it was. Well, uh, well, I don't think I get a game for that because <laughs> the computer did catch on yeah. fire and it's a lost recording, but now I... Uh, Filled in once with uh, Andrew. That's true. Now, Andrew is off, uh, I think, covering the Women's World Cup for White Line Wireless at the moment. So that explains why he is not here. And that explains why we are a week behind. But anyway, there's a lot to catch up on. We're going to be talking about Australia's World Cup bid in the football. Uh, should character references be allowed in sporting tribunals uh, in light of the Bashar Huli? What best word is a debacle? Is that right, Simon? I'm not sure if I'm going to be any help with this. I'm just so over it. If that's news, I'll go to it just It's been the biggest story all week and I just don't get it. Um, a lot, lot of interesting things to it. And we'll also talk about the Pacquiao-Horn fight that's coming up this weekend in Brisbane. Uh, there'll also be a few questions without notice and some questions from the people, but let's get right into it after this quick message. Don't forget that this show relies on your input and we thank everyone who's gotten in contact with us this week. Keep it coming via Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or go to facebook.com slash a sporting discussion to make sure you have your say on the big sporting issues of the week. Shall we get into it, Simon? Let's go. Let's go. Number one, the world Australia's World Cup bid. Uh, the long-awaited Garcia report was uh, leaked to the German sports newspaper Bild uh, earlier this week, and uh, it doesn't make for pretty reading. While it doesn't incriminate anyone, uh, and it doesn't definitively nail anyone about corruption, it uh, it stinks of corruption. Um, there was a marvelous. Uh, it was either SBS or ABC, the um, the documentary behind the bid. It was a debacle. Was it $35 million or... $45 million 40, taxpayer dollars, yes. $45 million. But are we really surprised with organisations like FIFA or the um, Olympic Committee these days? Yeah. Um, uh, some interesting findings in that report for Australia. Everyone would have, would have been more concerned about the Russian and uh, Qatari bids. But uh, because they're the ones that are supposedly corrupt, um, but and allegedly, we're all using the word. This this whole podcast comes with a big coverage of allegedly. Does it not? <laughs> it, I'm not. We, we're not surprised. It's 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 terrible. Um, there was so much joy around football at that point, but um, and then we kind of got dragged into the the FIFA muck, didn't we? Allegedly, and the report only goes halfway too because it details some some questionable things, but. Um, I'm not sure of the, the, the outcomes with key people. Well, it's um, Garcia himself who wrote the report has said that he's not happy with how FIFA chose to interpret, interpret what he had written. Um, and it's not good reading for Australia. It's alleging that Les Murray uh, leaked new FIFA news because he was on FIFA's ethics committee, that he leaked information to Australia's uh, representative Peter Hargitay who was on millions of dollars um, that's just yeah. That's not good. And that Hargitay was uh, implying that if certain acts were done, then votes would be secured, and that Australia had paid oh, a few hundred thousand for a, a new stadium in uh, 
where is it? Port uh, Saint Lucia, I think it is. Sounds a lot like the Olympics, doesn't it? That does, doesn't it? And um, uh, what do you think about that? What do you think about where does this? Well, first off, where does it leave Australian football? And do you think anything will come of it? Seeing as there's no no one has actually been nailed in any of this. I know um, you're not the biggest fan of things like Melbourne being the sporting capital of uh, of the world. Uh, that's a falsehood. Um, but I can remember thinking at the time, Australia, in my humble opinion, wasn't ready to host the uh, the World Cup. Um, but it's 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 just it's just yucky, isn't it? Thinking about the um, you know, and again, I'm linking it with the Olympics. When was the last decent? World Cup and when was last decent Olympics? That do, you, do you mean clean when you say decent or? Oh, it just because uh, the bidding processes have always been like this, haven't they? It's kind. Of, it was kind of a, the cost of doing business. Yeah, just when you see the the city's not ready, when you see the stadiums not finished, when you hear about athletes' villages, and here I'm getting into the Olympics again when they're not mm. ready. Well, let's keep the Olympics in this because it's a similar kind of arrangement. Um, the especially with the uh, around the bidding because I can remember in the lead up to the Sydney bid, uh, hearing stories about how all the IOC members were being wined and dined around town, and they were expected they didn't expect to pay for anything, and they had entire floors of hotels booked for them and things like that. Yeah. And the same thing happened with the FIFA reps. Yeah, com- common practice, but I guess trying to be positive about it is there can there be a, a watershed. World Cup where the the people get the game back rather than um, people lining their pockets and um, people with other interests. Well, I think well, we're, we're many, many, many miles removed here, but I think the Olympics seems to be further ahead in that kind of thing. But something has happened with the Olympics bidding, and that is that a lot of uh, a lot of your what modernised Western worlds are staying out of it because they can't afford the cost of running the games. And a lot of uh, countries that want to prove something to the world uh, seem to be putting their hands up. I wonder if we'll get something... Well, have we got that already with the... Well, I, I think that maybe the three-on-three basketball can be played, can be played anywhere, <laughs> <Yeah>. AJ. <laughs> so what do you think? What's going to happen? Um, what will be the fallout here in Australia, do you think? Will it just be dirty noses and reputations or do you think... Frank Lowy is going to find himself in all sorts of trouble considering the amount of money that was tipped in from the Aussie taxpayer. I think they've escaped it all. I think that the report has come out. I don't think it's shocked us. I think we know what went on. Um, Frank Lowy appears to be someone who loves the game, I must say, and someone that might love the game a little bit too much. But Mm. um, I think, uh, and again, thinking back to that documentary that was on TV... Um, he's someone that genuinely loves the game, which I think works in his favour. Simon, uh, an AFL drama has been playing out this week and it's just finished as we've gone to record the podcast. Um, It was Richmond's Basha Hooli in the AFL who initially had been reported and suspended for knocking a guy out. Uh, what's his name? Jed Lamb from Carlton. Uh, take it from there. What happened after that? Um, Basher by name. <laughs> Basher by nature. <laughs> no, Lamb was tagging him, I think, and um, uh, Basher ran forward mm. and 
swung his arm and knocked and K- Lamb out. KTFO, they call it Before he hit the ground, yep. a.k.a. silence of the Lambs, <laughs> AJ. Um, but the, I think the interesting thing about the whole thing is that um, Basher actually is known as a bit of a, a, a timid and um, mm. very quiet player. And he does a lot of community work in that off the field, which is what seems to have saved the day uh, when he went to the tribunal because instead of receiving the expected four weeks and the proposed four weeks that the AFL did, uh, his defence team uh, and Richmond put forward a number of character references about how what a great fella Basher is and how good he is off the field. But AJ, is that... You guys in the media, um, <laughs> is that – because when that was reported, I actually thought that the Prime Minister was there at the tribunal. Well, I got so that impression was, too, but it turned out that they had yeah. rather cheekily copied and pasted some words that Prime Minister had said about Hooley at an event on the Monday mm-hmm. where I think he gave uh, $65 million or something or 65000 or something for Bash's uh, community centre. Mm. Um, but – this takes us to the wider issue because did the did Richmond and Basher snowball the tribunal by throwing all of these wonderful character references at them? Is there is there any reference? Is there any relevance? Sorry for a, a person's character when they've knocked someone out cold on the field. I think references are references are needed. Um, Why? Like Why? you, I think you want to get an idea of whether the the behaviour is something typical of. Um, of the player, and it, and it can work the other way as well, obviously, if someone's got a bit of a rough or um, violent reputation. But does that matter, you reckon? Well, it doesn't, the, the, isn't it we're supposed to be just looking at one act, aren't well, we? Well, where I'll counter that is that it's it's not relevant when a player is knocked out before he hits the ground. But, um, I mean, the AFL tribunal's a bit um, all over the place at the best of times. And I think tonight, and if we... we it has been overturned yeah. tonight, I understand. Yeah, he's uh, just again, we're breaking some news on a podcast on a sporting discussion. Um, the AFL have just successfully overturned their own decision, and his two week expen- uh, suspension has been turned into four. So now it's in balls in Richmond's court to see what they'll do about it. Yeah, no, that, that's about right, I think. But um, so can R- Richmond appeal this? Don't know, I think so. Yeah. But they'll, they'll Supreme Court, all of that sort of stuff. Maybe it depends a- how badly they want him out there. Could be How badly a, the one him out there knocking blokes off. It could be a Hugh Jackman reference or a, a Peter <laughs> Cosgrove reference or a... Uh... But I understand um, if someone's got a good record and Basho's record on field in tribunal land was unblemished. Um, but what what does what Waleed Ali think of him or the AFL's multicultural liaison officer or an old assistant coach, Mark Williams, what... What are their thoughts on him relevant to him knocking Jed Lamb out? Um, I don't know. I it may. It's like if you go for a job, you don't include references from people that aren't positive. So it's sort <laughs> of a little bit redundant. Like you're not going to submit a reference and someone saying actually Basher really struggles when he gets a tag and it's a bit, <laughs> it gets a bit punchy. But um, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's just um, maybe someone at Richmond got. Um, got a little bit carried away, um, but I think it's about right the the, the four weeks. But so we've, I think got, the other... we've got justice in the end. But the, something bad will come out of this, though, and that is that um, it's uh, you call it gaming the system or whatever you call it. No one doubts that Bashar is a good guy off the field, but he knocked a guy out. He'll definitely be getting booed by Carlton fans next time they play each other. Uh, do you think that's something that will spread to the wider community, seeing as he seems to have brought in the big hitters to get him out of jail? 
he might. I know Lee Matthews talked a little bit, little bit about that tonight. That he feared that uh, Basher Hawley might get booed, a la um, the the Adam Goods thing. But I think maybe the four weeks might save Basher. Mm. And in a way, Basher he he is known as a timid player. Um, he is known as a bit of a gentle person. I want to play devil's advocate here and say maybe the four weeks helps his reputation a little bit. I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> so he's a bit more of a tough guy now, is well, he? Is that... I think maybe people might sort of see him as less of a little um, uh, harmless football player and maybe a bit more of a tough guy. But I, I'd so hate... they won't chase him yeah. as hard. I'm sure the media will um, have the uh, crowd mics on very strong oh, the next absolutely. time he, he comes out and everything. But, I mean, you and I... You barrack for Geelong and I barrack for Hawthorne. Hopefully it's not a, a Neville Bruns <laughs> type situation. No. Um, now we ran a poll on this as you do on at ASD underscore podcast on Twitter um, and it was a pretty resounding response. Uh, two out of three votes said that character references are not relevant in any way when you're fronting a sports tribunal and I tend to agree and we actually got contacted by Ryan Winter on our Facebook page who said... I'm okay with the 11 years of not being reported, being rewarded, which is fair enough. He's on field record. Good point, Ryan. The character witness stuff makes absolutely no sense and all of that makes sense to me. Mm. And especially, um, and it's a shame Andrew is not here tonight because I know he often makes fun of Malcolm Turnbull's lack of AFL knowledge. With the <laughs> That's right. He, uh, he votes, for the, votes for the Roosters. <laughs> and uh, the running, jumping, flying uh, uh, pres- so. Where possession is everything. Yeah. Oh, dear. This Sunday in Brisbane at Suncorp Stadium slash Lang Park, uh, Aussie Jeff Horn is going up against, well, boxing icon Manny Pacquiao. Um, Simon, this is, uh, I think, one of the biggest fights that Australia has ever seen uh, in person. What do you think? What do you, what, what's your take on the whole thing? Well, it's the very definition of a, a major event. Talking to some of the people up there, um, tickets are selling very well and we could be seeing a Suncorp Stadium um, attendance record because I think you've got the – well, of course, you've got the um, the ring in the middle of the ground um, and people on the ground as well. But it's um, – So what would that be? What's the – I'm imagining that sort 60, of – 60, 60,000? I think it's 55 plus, I would think. Okay. Um, but um, it's gathering momentum and I was very uh, sceptical about the whole thing but um, – Seeing um, them training next door at the PCYC, <laughs> and you know it's a it's it, it's great for um, for any state to have um, certainly better than the mundane green at Adelaide Oval, which I think we all think yeah, was a bit that underwhelming. Looked, looked pretty poor on the telly, didn't it? Yeah, but I or think on Brisbane, my Facebook live yeah, stream, <laughs> but uh, it has uh, has been embraced. Now this is this is only Jeff Horn's seventeenth fight, undefeated so far. Um, 11 knockouts from 16 fights and he's had a draw. Um, Pacquiao is going for his 60th win uh, and he's won nearly three times as many fights by knockout as Jeff Horn has won fights full stop. Um, on paper, you think it's a mismatch. On uh, on reputation, it's definitely a mismatch. Um, so why do you think people are all buying, buying all of these tickets? I think the unknown. It's like... Like anything with boxing, it's a it's a man versus a man. Um, jokingly, I think that you know 
looking up Jeff Jeff Horn. I think he would have been a certainly one of the more Google people this week. But I <laughs> note that he's a he's a school teacher. Um, I hope he's a boxer as well because um, he is. He's fighting a. Um, I wonder he, if he's due at work on Monday morning. He's he is. He's fighting a. He's fighting a, a legend. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's that's. There's no other way to describe Manny Pacquiao, is there? He's a what a senator and a. Yeah. No, not a priest, but a pastor and all of those sort of things. So yeah. it's, um, I really like Manny Pacquiao. I like him as well. He's better than that other Fruit Loop from America. I think we're very lucky to have him <laughs> on, our, on our shores. Yeah. Um, now Jeff Horn in the paper has come out saying he's not feeling a whole lot of respect coming his way from Pacquiao's camp. Um, I would imagine that's just a mind games, but you'd also have to think Pacquiao, Pacquiao has fought some of the best fighters uh, that we've seen. So he's probably just thinking, well, I'll just warm up, warm up, get a payday against Jeff Horn, and move on to something else. Well, Manny might have to Google Jeff Horn yeah. as well, and <laughs> we might see a name badge in uh, a name badge used in the ring. But well, how about all the remember all the um, fun and games in the lead up to this fight where Pacquiao pretended he was going to fight Amir Khan, and they even sat down and had press conferences and. Uh, announcements that they were going to fight, I think it was in, in Vegas or even in the O2 Arena in London or something like that. Um, uh, all of this, Pacquiao has, well, he, he'll have some respect when he's actually in the ring, but the whole uh, pantomime at the moment is uh, me big fish, you little fish. Mm. I think uh, the, these major events as well, I think they end up, the, the, the city or the state ends up paying a lot of money to get them there as well because mm. you can imagine the... Um, the uh, hotels and the restaurants and the bars and the caterers oh, the, bars, the, the bars are going to get a flogging. The, but the timing, though, AJ, is, a, is an interesting one. Um, I think gates are at like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. So AM, that is. AM yeah. and, uh, and the, the fight's at That's apparently right. at 1. So it could be more, more cornflakes than Bundy Rum. <laughs> well, AJ. it's on ESPN. Um, it's not a pay-per-view in the States. So it's a huge, huge, huge opportunity for Jeff Horn. Uh, even if he doesn't win, if he makes a makes a good um, case for himself mm-hmm. in the ring against one of the best fighters that we've seen, um, this could be even bigger, bigger and better things um, mm-hmm. for Australian boxing, let alone Jeff Horn. Yeah, back to the Azuma Nelson and uh, <laughs> Jeff Fennick at Optus Oval days, which would have been sort of early nineties or late eighties. Mm. We don't we don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but AJ, tell tell me and your listeners what what's going to happen because it. Oh, it, it's not quite. It's yeah, like we said, it's it's a complete. You stack up records and there's no comparison. You stack up reputation and there's no comparison. Um, you stack up uh, corners and there's no comparison. Freddie Roach, who's one of the best trainers boxing has ever had, but, is training Pacquiao. But, but you've but got a feeling. I like Jeff Horn. Jeff Horn's great. And, so uh, when you say, what when you say great, what do you mean? He's. He's a well. He's a bloody good fighter. He's quick. He can move around. More importantly, he can take a punch. Um, because Manny Pacquiao is really quick, mm. not as quick as he used to be, but he's still quicker than a lot of the people out there. But what Jeff Horn will have seen, and what people have seen, Pacquiao can be knocked out, and he's been knocked out before. And he, it, when he's knocked out, it is spectacular. Mm. So uh, Jeff Horn's got the got the work rate and got the power to do it. Whether he can or not, it's all fingers crossed. Really, it's a complete mismatch that one man can win. Well, hopefully, hopefully, there's another opportunity for us to see another another stadium fight with with Jeff Horn in it. Hopefully, um, what other stadiums around the, the country would you like to see that, Tony? 
Oh, I don't mind. Oh, what, Amy Park in Melbourne? I believe it's available. <laughs> Can you get 40,000 there? If you put enough seats on the ground, no problem. Simon, we've hit the part of the show that everyone has grown to know and love, and I know you are very excited about joining in this. It's time for questions without notice. Do you want to kick us off? I will, AJ. All right. Uh, I must have missed this one. I didn't get the memo. Uh, and uh, But is Shane Watson still playing cricket? <laughs> He's come out defending the players and been a bit of a, a, a player's rep in this whole pay dispute thing. I, I saw that. Yeah, I saw him at the press conference, um, all suited up and everything. Um, I he's definitely retired from national teams. He does he he must still play twenty twenty around the place. I think he's with the Thunder. I think, but um, I'm just not sure the players talking for talking as a representative from the yeah. pubs all over <laughs> Melbourne. If, I believe at one stage Shane Watson was getting paid five mil a year. Now, yeah. if Shane Watson was getting paid five mil a year, Don Bradman would have been getting, I don't know, three <laughs> billion. But uh, Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, a lot of money, anyway. I'm, especially I'm gonna... if you're popular in India. All right, you ready? My turn to you. Uh, the AFL has changed its stance on the shot clock again and will now reinstate the countdown on the screen in the final two minutes of each quarter. Um, after a bit of a debacle on the during the Western Bulldogs North Melbourne game, which cost the North Melbourne a shot on goal in a game they lost by one point. Um, Simon, do the AFL know what they're doing? What's going on here? They they seem to backflip or reflip or do all sorts of rules adjudications during the year. What what do you think? The, the answer to that is no. The, the AFL don't know what they're doing. I don't know what that big shiny building is is filled with at uh, at Docklands, but it's too many suits and not enough blokes in track suits who, who came up <laughs> through the game. No, it's it's embarrassing. We've got a we've got a fantastic fantastic sport that still gets tinkered with, but um, that and it, it's terrible when you don't know when something's going to be a free kick. Mm. Um, I used to joke about rugby union when you when there'd be a penalty and you didn't know yeah. what it was. But no one had a clue. No, embarrassing and. Uh, you wouldn't want it to happen in a grand final. Okay. Oh, yeah, that old chestnut. All right, what do you got? Uh, is Phil Jackson's legacy tarnished forever? He uh, coached um, Chicago and the Los Angeles Lakers to 11 championships, and he and the Knicks have just parted ways in uh, in what was a horrible few years there. Um, but does this make him... Uh, less of a legend, AJ? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think so. I don't. People will remember the coaching. They won't remember the administration. (laughs) Um, And he coached some of the greatest teams the NBA has seen um, to multiple, multiple, multiple championships. Um, And then he just, yeah, if you can't get it together in the front office, I guess a People aren't. People didn't expect much of him when he got there, and then he didn't deliver on that low expectation. I guess. What do you think? I'd, well, yeah. I'm a Knicks fan, and I just think the Knicks are cursed. Like, they <laughs> just can't. They they can't do anything right. But um, he did. He did coach some fantastic players, and, and could anyone have done that? But um, 
I think, unfortunately, it could be a bit of an example of someone doing something for the money. I think he was on about $12 million a yeah. year. Yeah, and, good point. Um, I think it's – maybe that's somewhere where you need a bit of a character reference, AJ. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> you need people to want to do uh, – Well, you'd have some good referees, don't worry. <laughs> you'd want, you want people to do things for the right reason. Mind you, he mm. played for New York, I believe. So maybe, yeah. maybe that sort of – That's true. It was Long Lost Son coming home to deliver what was supposed to be another golden age for the Knicks – and uh, everyone ended up face down in a puddle. And uh, I guess just adding on to that, the, the super teams um, uh, trend continues um, with Chris Paul signing with um, Houston. But that We might leave that for you and yeah, Andrew we'll next leave week. That, we'll okay. leave that for another one. I've got another one. Uh, Novak Djokovic is over 30 and not going all that well. Um, Roger Federer is well into his 30s and, and he's showing signs of decline however small they are. Andy Murray is in his early 30s and has also started showing a little bit of signs of wear and tear and uh, I won't call it decline, but he's just an incline maybe, ever so slightly pointing downwards. Um, Rafael Nadal has only just turned 30, but uh, he is as injury prone as the rest of us. Now, that's like the top five in the world. Um, Simon... If they all get too old and move on, where are the next lot of people coming through? Is is men's tennis on the brink of a popularity collapse? Well, it, it, there's, a, there's a couple um, who seem like they're going through that Dominic... Thiem, uh, Tiem? Them, yeah. them, <laughs> them, Van Morrison. No, um, you, you, you could be right. Um no, it, it is a bit top-heavy. The uh, the over-28s yeah. at Wimbledon, the club <laughs> will be doing quite well. Yeah. Um, but, but hopefully someone can can come through because um, whilst it's great to have all those players uh, uh, around, and certainly Dokovic, he, he seems to be struggling a lot. Mm. Oh, he's dropped off a cliff. And um, Andrew Andrew is on the record as saying that his career is pretty much done. Mm. What, well, there's what? Milos Raonic. There's Dominic Tiem, like you said. Stan Wawrinka. Wawrinka's... I getting like on a bit Stan. as well. But they're all like inoffensive dudes uh, who can't get a hold of the people above them. The only person who probably could in the next couple of years is Nick Kyrgios. Hmm. And no one likes Nick Kyrgios apparently. Well, I know you, yourself and uh, Andrew. No, it, I, don't, I, I don't know. Is it, do you reckon it, I don't know. I hope it's, again, I hope it's not money. Are those players hanging on? Um, but uh, maybe Wimbledon itself, AJ, will give us the answer to that. Maybe yeah, good it's, point. It, it, it's someone that's going to come through because it, it, it's um, it's there for the taking, I think. If you Unfortunately, it's probably someone like Nadal, which is great. Oh, geez, mm. I like Nadal, but it's just um, – it'd be nice to see some more names. Yeah. All right, we'll do one more each. One more. All right, um, off you go. Okay, AJ, this is a little bit close to the – Oh, hang on. Sorry. Before we, I'm just going to jump in because we had a couple from the listeners. Uh, so I will ask you this one from listener Daniel Jarvis, who asks: Is it an even season in the AFL, or is this an excuse for mediocrity and complacency to creep into team performances more than it has in the past? Get the feeling I know what side of this argument Dan is on. What do you say, Simon? It's a fantastic. It's a fantastic year. Um, in that matches are unpredictable. The the last few years have been horrible in that there's, I don't know, 40% of the games, you get these games on a Sunday afternoon or evening that mean nothing. Um, 
the, the, the standard probably isn't there um, uh, from especially the top teams, but um, I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. You, you can go and you, you even Brisbane are doing okay. Um, Oof. No joke. Don't know about that. I'm with you, Dan. Uh, I'm assuming that you're not a fan of how everything's going, but I thought last year was absolutely pathetic and this year is marginally better. But I'll pull you up on that, AJ. What yeah. do you mean? Be specific. What, what do you the quality of the game is not... It's, you know, the games aren't as exciting as they as they used to be. The skill level is deplorable. It was, it was about four or five games decided under a goal last week. What yeah, and the, the fact that that's so rare is why it was being so celebrated. Mm. But what do you... <laughs> But can you be a bit more specific? What don't you like and what have you seen in other years? That it's becoming – and I'm not just – I'm not the only person saying this and my unofficial scientific research has also said the game is becoming quite dull to watch um, with the number of stoppages and dropping and fumbling and flapping for the ball and then you've got uh, free kicks being blown left, right and centre as well um, and poor kicking for goal, all of that sort of stuff and I just don't – I don't – not as into it as I used to be. How about that? Yeah, I, I hear you there. Maybe I'm thinking about the, the overall results. I must say, during some of the games now, um, and again, the whole 36 players in, in the 50-metre line is, yeah. is not not our game, I believe. So I'll, I'll give you that. Mm. Well, we had another question from listener Noel Fidock, and he says, why do the media make major issues out of anything to do with Richmond? Cochin punch the rants staging the Hooli decision and mistakes they make in a match? I'll answer this one. It's because it's Richmond and because uh, Alex Rance is a diver. Uh, Trent Cochin got away with punching a guy in the face uh, and Bashar Hooli needed references to uh, show everyone what a great bloke he was at the tribunal. Cop that, Noel. Yeah. Right. One more each, Simon. Okay. One AJ, more each. Question without notice yes. for you. Uh, they were touted as probably a top four um, finisher this year in the NRL, but Ooh. when in the Blazers are the Canberra Raiders going to make their finals run? Because they are <laughs> coughing and spluttering. And I, um, 2016, I think. It's <laughs> and uh, I could, just looking at your remote control here, it looks like it's been uh, a projectile. <laughs> but no, seriously, what's going on? Are they a chance? Or is I'm on my season? fifth TV for the year. Um, it's never too late until it's too late. And if they lose to the North Queensland Cowboys this week, it will be officially too late. Um, it's going to take a miracle. The Raiders need a miracle. And the thing is that they've still scored the second most points in the in their comp. Um, they just keep letting too much in. And uh, I think they've lost, I, I believe it's six games by less than a converted try, less than six points. And um, they've really got to be – and a lot of that has been not coming back from behind but being run down. So they really need to sort that out and hopefully that's something they'll be looking at over the uh, pre-season because I can't, I can't see much happening this year. Mm. All right. Last question. You ready? I am. Gary Ablett Jr. plays his 300th game this week. Where do you put him in the overall pantheon of Australian sportsmen, not AFL players? Great question. Um, Gary Ablett Jr. is a uh, fantastic player. Um, obviously, before he played a game, his father is probably maybe the most famous AFL player of the last 50 years, 30 years, I don't know. Definitely the most exciting. Definitely the most exciting. Um, and um, his, his, his story's great, isn't it, in that he was a, a gifted junior 
um, and a gifted youngster, but then he really went from sort of being that um, sort of flashy forward player to to really knuckling down and becoming a, a superstar midfielder. Um, fantastic player, um, but there's a but coming, AJ, and I don't <laughs> want to... There is Ooh, a but. all right. Well, and I'm going to use the link here. Well, he's won two premierships. He's won two Brownlows. He's done everything you need to do. He's won, what, two, pre- oh, two premierships. I already just said that. Yeah, but what's, the, what, what more does he have to prove to you, Simon? The, he can't prove it, unfortunately, because he's already done it. The but was leaving Geelong for the Gold Coast mm. for the money. And well, I've got no with problem money, with people leaving with for the money. With the money came an opportunity to be a... Um, a leader and, a, and really galvanise a, um, a side. Um, mind you, you couldn't pick a worse, you know, again, a more cursed <laughs> The Gold Coast. South-East Queensland. <laughs> but um, I think that tarnishes the legacy a little bit. However, if he could return to Geelong next year down there to Kidinia Park, wouldn't that be fantastic? Because a little bit like the LeBron thing back to Cleveland, <laughs> I think. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but again, I, I better make up for it. Let's me, let me just say this, that I, I went and saw him play at, Eddie had one time when he was playing with Geelong against North Melbourne. And he's a smaller player. He's the strongest player. He mm. you can't um you can't grab him. And he um especially two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, he was unstoppable. And there's something quite spectacular about an unstoppable smaller player. Um yeah. Mm. True. All right, well that'll that's it. We're done. Thank Out you, of questions AJ. without notice. Um, and that is it for this week's episode of A Sporting Discussion, episode 61. Remember, if there's anything you would like to talk, talk to us about, if you want to take us to task over anything you've heard in this week's show, get in contact via Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or go to facebook.com slash A Sporting Discussion. Tell your friends to subscribe to A Sporting Discussion on whatever podcast service they use. We're on all of them, but we recommend you listen via Wooshka, uh, either on the app or on their desktop site. Make sure you leave us a review. We do love reviews. And let us know how our fill-in went, Simon Carolyn went this week. Come on, listeners. <laughs> uh, Andrew Donison, you can hear at 7.15am Monday mornings on 3RRR FM 102.7 in Melbourne or on your streaming services. Uh, he's also on White Line Wireless at the moment calling the Women's World Cup. Uh, I am still working on something mysterious, which will be ready pretty soon. Simon, what are you up to? What's your, what's your next steps? Uh, I'm... Uh, uh going down to Geelong on Saturday to to watch the VFL from the new Brownlow stand, AJ. So that'll be a bit of fun. Oh, lovely. That'll be good. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>